0: oh i just had a quick word i wanted to just record and maybe i'll write it later but if not it's recording and holy spirit was speaking to me about giving me a gentle um (laughs) rebuke and correction and and um about love and um without getting into the full context of the story, I'm in a place right now where I'm just interceding for um, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How do I want to say this? Interceding for them for freedom in Jesus. And um, unfortunately, many of them are oppressed, um, you know, still with worldliness lack of conversion, lukewarm, faith, um, but they're also being led um, by someone with needed deliverance as well. And, um, you know, I'm just contending for the faith and for the freedom for the flock, really, and come Sunday, it's always just frustrating in my flesh you know the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and it's frustrating to contend with that because it's um, you know it's something that our flesh just wants to get irritated with I mean just straight up I have to call it out for what it is and um, the Lord I was thinking about it on my walk as I was walking the dogs and I'm thinking oh jeez, you know it's Sunday Eve, and I'm thinking about just how un-touching, you know, this gathering can be. How most of the time, you know, because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit being put in a box, there's no move of the Holy Spirit. There's no invitation. There's quenching and uh, it's just tough, it's tough to see that, but um, our God is so good, and He's long-suffering, and you know, He waited on all of us, you know, through our moments of, you know, spiritual compartmentalization, but um, as I was walking, though, the Holy Spirit just gently like, give me beautiful correction, and He was like, but what does Christ tell us to do? You know, first and foremost, we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we know we can only love because he loved us. And then we love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the greatest commandment. And so the Holy Spirit was like, but he said, I just kind of felt the, scripture that popped in to my mind was if you have not love you're nothing but a resounding symbol or a clanging gong I think that's how it goes so I'm just thinking okay and this is part of what this person is needing deliverance from is not just religiousness but I think that religiousness comes from the complete lack of receiving the love of the father the love like we can't love like he commands unless we receive it and when we receive it through jesus because that's how we receive it um if you know if we receive it we say jesus you know come into my heart jesus if there's no repentance during that process of come into my heart then it's just pride and so we have to receive his love with humility and receive it on an altar so where we're dying to this flesh and um, I was just thinking like wow that when religious people keep talking when they're just they're like if they're not in love like the scripture says without love it's just like like i think of that charlie brown show where you hear the teacher and she's just like want wah want 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 wah. so that's what i hear because i see no love in this person albeit you know this person's trained they have experience you know but that's all earthliness and um I just, I'm like, Lord, can you please help him? Just let him receive your love. And I don't know what it's going to take, but God does. So I just pray for that, for this gentleman. But for me, that's what I hear. And then the Holy Spirit was like, but what's love, Brooke? And I'm like, okay, well, what is love? Because what is it, right? You know, you got people will be like, well, it's agape love or phileo, or, you know, they use all these, you know, Hebrew, Greek vernacular, and it's this type, and that, you know, because our English language does a horrible job of really um, keeping the true essence of what things meant. A lot of times we have to explain what they meant in different contexts and actions and scenarios, but... From what I understand of love is this, sacrificial love. It's sacrificial love. It's not love. Like, anyone can love something they like. But when you have this, like, adoration, you have this pull, you're willing to sacrifice and long suffer for someone who everyone seems is not worth it the whole world is like that they cast that person away and even that person may be spiritually dark and ugly right so the holy spirit was like love and um that's the love of christ it's not like i love pizza or i love um my mom because anyone can love those things what sets the christian apart is when you love that which is cast out from the world and um the scripture then came in that said greater love is this than no love is greater than this than to lay down one's life for his friend and he was talking about jesus That's Jesus talking about Jesus, that he laid his life down, that he sacrificed it all. And we can barely, you know, think about how, like, superficial we are. Like, we can't even sacrifice a phone call anymore. It has to be like, send me a text first, and then I'll arrange something, and then we can talk, right? Like, we can't even sacrifice our time, and here Jesus sacrifices life greater no greater no greater love than this right so that's the sacrificial love when you when you have this adoration this pull and there's purpose behind it because you know like through your actions god is going to move and bring about freedom and peace and joy and so But without love, if you're a pastor, you're just a resounding symbol or a clanging gong. And um, your words, you can read the entire scriptures, but because the love hasn't penetrated your heart, it's not, no matter how you're received, because a lot of times people put pastors on pedestals. And they make them like lowercase God, G's, gods in their life without knowing it, right? Because we don't always see our need for deliverance. We don't always see we have a religious spirit or a Jezebel spirit. We're not going to see that. We can't even receive it until there's a, a humble part enough in us where God's like, finally I can work with you because you've humbled yourself. You've put something on the altar for me. I think of all the animal sacrifices way back when and it was like okay you know put this part on take the blood out put the put the you know organs or put the kidneys no, put the liver you know and it was all different parts you know like just piecework of sacrifices and then there was grain offerings and um sin offerings and you know but it's like Christ did it all so in him we have it all but we have to die to ourselves. So the other scripture that he was talking to me, uh, Holy Spirit, about was also love for the orphans and widows. And I was like, okay, I know there's so many scripture references about loving the orphans and widows and there's one in James 1, 27, I think it is, and it talks about basically i am just so not good at memorizing but that true true and pure religion is this is to you know look after the widows look after the orphans without getting into the worldliness it's something like that and i'm just thinking like the love for the orphans and the widows right so before I was converted, I would read that and think orphans, orphanages, foster kids, you know, kids without parents, I would think that, right? And then widows, I would think, okay, 65-year-old women and older whose husbands passed away. That's not what the Lord is talking about. I mean, he could be talking about that in some more natural sense. But spiritually speaking, if you're an orphan, like think about when Romans... I think it's seven, talks about a spirit of adoption. So we cry out, our Father. So we're an orphan. And some of you may have heard the term called orphan spirit. We are an orphan, spiritually speaking, until we receive the love of the Father, until we receive Jesus by our humility, by our repentance, and truly by His grace and His mercy—that's all that it is. And so, that's love. Greater love is no—that you know—is when we're reading all the Corinthians. That what is it? First Corinthians. You know, love is patient, love is kind. da 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 da. da. So, sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect God's holy word but it's a very long passage about love and just let's put it into context like okay so greater love like how can I do all these things I can't unless I've received the love of the father and then we talk about spiritual widows well who are we married to we're married to Christ Christ We are in his body. His, well, I'm sorry. We are the body. He is the head. We are married. You are married to it. You worship him. Um, It's called a marriage supper. Um, You know, he is called the bridegroom. We are married to him. And so. when it talks about true you know true and pure religion and loving the widows and the orphans it's reminds me of that scripture it's like going after the 99 it's like having conversations with people that the world has rejected your family has rejected you know god will soften a heart and then all of a sudden You know, even though someone's been attempted to be ministered to for, you know, the umpteenth time, and then all of a sudden God moves and he softens a heart and you're able to speak life and they receive it. You know, we can't give up. We can't cast them out. Um, You know, it's just think, it's just discerning. First of all, receiving his love by grace, but then discerning who need, who's an orphan, who's a widow right now. How can I serve in the kingdom? So I said all that to say, as I was sinfully grumbling, forgive me, Father, about dealing with this man and his religious spirit. I was just thinking... Well, it's love, Brooke, you got it. He hasn't received it. So continue to contend and intercede. We always got stuff to do because he will receive it. I'm standing on God's word that Jesus said, ask, and it shall be answered. And it's certainly the will of the Father for that none should perish, that we should have freedom in Jesus.